0: This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcast system.
1: This is only a test.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Thunderpud number two, coming to you from the rabbit hole, and I'm proud to present the fourth volume of The Good News with the Reverend Doctor. I turn you over now to your co-host, Agent C.
3: Thank you so much, and welcome back, everybody. Well, I believe we've got an incredible show in front of us today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This one's going to be one for the record books, because we're yes. making history today. Reverend Doctor, how are you today? I'm great, as always. Good deal. It's good to have you here, brother. Thank, Thank you, you for very being much. It's been an interesting week. Yes, It has. I would like to go into, well, first of all, we would like to welcome our guest for today yes
2: the first time we've had a guest here on the good news yes yeah very uh very uh good friend of ours yes. of mine and the agencies we've known for years um this woman reached out you know a few weeks ago It's like I love the good news with the Reverend Dodger I'm a fan of the show and I'm like well have you ever thought about coming on because you're and the Reverend are probably the two smartest people I know absolutely So I've oh, always- you don't
4: mean that <laughs>
3: No, we definitely do oh, without a doubt without a doubt yeah, we definitely without, without a doubt.
2: yeah. Um, you you don't know some of the people me and agency <laughs> <know>. <laughs> uh uh kara kara hayes absolutely does know some of the people that we know so yes. i think she could probably um uh, you know uh verify that statement yes but uh kara hayes thank you for being here um you and the reverend have similar backgrounds as far as your education as far as both being uh history history majors being some your primary education uh, so, today we're going to look into hidden history. Something yes. uh, maybe that we don't see every day. Something you don't see necessarily in the school books. Right. But some that's out
3: there. So, uh, But before we get into that, I, I was would just like about to say to... before we get into
2: that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. In the news, some more Michael Jackson revelations. Yes. That is correct. Yes. Doctor, do you, do you mind?
4: <coughs> well. Let's see. Um, was this Wednesday or Tuesday yeah, it came out on? I think on? it was Wednesday. So there's been some investigation that's been done into the documentary uh, Leaving Neverland. I can't remember the name of the director off the top of my head. But there was an independent investigation that somebody did where they the, the county that Neverland Ranch was built The deeds and the records were pulled, and apparently at the time when James Safechuck, one of the two accusers, claims that the abuse was going on, Neverland Ranch wasn't even built yet.
2: Right. Right. So he was claiming that these um, actions or these situations happened in the train station, I believe it was, at Neverland, and the train station hadn't been even built. He,
4: He claimed it was going on all over, like in every room of the house. That's right, right. And... The director has since backtracked on this and said— Dan Reed. Yeah, Dan Reed. He has since backtracked and said, well, this doesn't make it less true. It just means that the, quote, child abuse was going on, you know, two to three years down the line. So he would have been, you know, 16, 17,
3: 18. Right, right. Right. Very late.
4: Yeah, kind of throw a little late to be child abuse, but right.
2: <laughs> and, and those years are pretty formative, man. I mean, you remember the ages between 12 to 16. I mean,
3: that, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it kind of threw a little bit of a monkey wrench in some of the narrative, is basically not to say that there couldn't be abuse at that point, but
4: well, there can always if, be abusive dynamics in relationships, but we kind of have to talk for a second about how big of a years indifference those are. You know, the difference between twelve and sixteen or seventeen, that's only four years. Right. But that's very different from say like, you know, twenty five to twenty nine. Exactly or exactly twenty three to twenty six. Exactly. Like those are
3: huge years. Right. It just doesn't fit this model that he's been patterned after. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. As far as the age range is as far as you know, his his, uh, victims, uh, you would say.
4: Well, and part of one of the things I said last time we were here was that when, you know, Corey Feldman says that MJ didn't abuse him, I believe him. I do. do Because they didn't start hanging out together until he was 16, 17 years old, which appears to be way past the point that Jackson had any pattern of being interested in. And for all intents and purposes, it seems like they were just friends who bonded over having bad showbiz childhoods right Right. i mean even with macaulay culkin i
2: I believe him when he says he was never abused i I watched him on the rogan show they brought it up i mean i to me he looked like he was very sincere you know and i I don't doubt him at all why would he lie about that well
3: at at any point he could have
2: oh oh absolutely absolutely yeah i mean once again you know as we talked in the last time we were all here Personally, I think that there was something going on because I just don't see how somebody in, in the Michael Jackson camp never stood up and said, "Hey, I, even though I know you have innocent intentions, you cannot be sleeping with these children in your somebody at some point had with his circle and the people that he has surrounding him at least one person would be like, "Hey, Michael, that that's that's fucking weird, man. Don't and do it that." Seemed, it seems like there were, <laughs>
4: but you know, a big point we have to get at is that there's been a lot of jackson's defenders who have come out online in the past several weeks about this who have come out against the documentary and all the accusations not just the jackson family and it seems like you know if we're going to say he's innocent it's like what is he innocent of right because there's nobody that denies even the family that he had sleepovers with young boys yeah correct right did this and that's probably indicative of a lot of other shit too right that happened you know there's nobody to me the most damning piece of evidence is that you know no matter whose testimony you want to go out against like for example not this safe chuck guy but the uh, the other one uh robson there's been uh michael jackson's lawyer who did an interview talking about him and he goes this just doesn't fit the pattern that i Mm -hmm. see because this was a guy who broke up britney spears and justin timberlake yeah this isn't like right. some super shell-shocked kid i mean that is like extreme level confidence right
2: because right. i mean this man is already a success he's already i mean man he slept with britney spears i mean i think every man out there listening knows that this guy came up yeah i, I mean for real you know he's successful he did what he wanted to do for a living and, and made a great living why would he come out all these years later? Well it, to me you know? the
4: mo- to me the most damning piece of evidence of all is that the 1993 accuser when he was under um deposition in a police interview he was asked to draw a picture of Jackson's oh, yeah. genitals and include the vitiligo the birthmarks the moles everything right. and when he did it was considered so ironclad and so damning that that was when the cash offering was put up. They right, said right. because Jackson's lawyer said we're going to offer you twenty five million because if this goes to trial, we're going to lose right. and Jackson's going to go to jail.
2: And I remember when that happened in '93. That that was the one thing that really caught my attention is when these kid or that kid described his penis, including birthmarks. You know, de- yeah, it definitely had its own characteristics. Yeah, me, to me, to yeah. me,
4: that's the most damning piece of evidence, right. and nobody's you know hit out against that because right. there really doesn't seem to be any. <laughs> defense from
2: it no
3: now and i'll be so strange i have always thought, thought it so strange i just i don't know it that's a weird thing for a kid to remember i i won't say that it, it's not i can't even i couldn't even tell you st- stuff about myself <laughs> for for the 43 <laughs> years I'm, 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 and you, you've I'm, I'm had hands on and he's had hands I mean, on experience, I mean, you know. I mean, I, I'm being serious. Yes, yeah, I couldn't tell you exactly what. Could you, could you, with a partner?
2: What, what you mean, describe my penis? Yeah,
3: or, or, or even with a partner that you've been with or anybody you, you've been in contact with intimately. I've
2: never had any partners with penises.
3: No, no, I'm talking about <laughs> just, see, he's turning it. This is. This is not that other show.
2: <laughs> okay, that's tomorrow. Yeah, that's tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay,
3: <laughs> but anybody you've been intimate with, could you describe them? I mean, possibly, possibly, maybe, maybe.
1: But see, I think it comes down to the trauma right. because it was. I mean, to me, for a little kid, that's a traumatic thing, and right. and that sort right. of imprints yeah. it into their minds. And and you know, especially if you're seeing it more than once, which right. you know, I you was just probably about to was. say if. Yeah
4: if it's the only one you've ever seen and if it's deformed yeah yeah, right Right.
2: exactly and i think we can all remember our first times you know losing our virginia our first sexual experience i mean i was you know 19 and i can remember it pretty vividly
3: i I remember the entire time (laughs) were you you drunk no no I just flash really it was just a flash over
4: in an instant I, I, i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah. to hear well, that for you
3: I mean, yeah i mean yeah but yeah you know it was you know where, I, where i'm you know taking you know the the pictures for the memory bank right you know it, you know with the eye flashes like, okay i remember every I, bit of this
2: i remember mine pretty vividly Um mm-hmm. uh, but you know um what i was going to say as far as michael jackson if you want to get more in depth with this, you know, subject, go back and listen to our Leaving Neverland presentation. Yes. Yeah, we go into do. a lot of detail about it because I don't want to spend a whole lot of no, time on no. that because this is a whole nother, uh, absolutely, absolutely We're, a whole which, nother episode, which we may do another special special presentation to yeah, you know, follow up with it. Right. because today I want to talk about something that both our guests are very familiar with, and that is not just history but hidden history history like i said a little earlier that we don't get to see in school books you know stuff you have to kind of go looking for and we're going to have basically two segments today uh the first part of this show we're going to talk more about ancient hidden history like pre-flood biblical Mm -hmm. history and then in the second half we're going to go into a little bit more modern era with some of the hitler conspiracies that we've heard Uh, obviously that's going to be for the second part of our show but to start out, I know Reverend Doctor, you are a, you know you you have a big interest in in pre flood history. Is that correct? Yes yeah, that's correct. And um, I do as well. That's one of my more favorite quote unquote conspiracy theories: the Book of Enoch, the Nephilim watchers, things of this nature. Reverend, do you want to kind of put well, it out well, there?
4: Well, question: Have you read the Book of Enoch? No, I have not. No, anybody? No, no. Uh, I started to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get far?
1: um chapter i think it was still in the first section the way that they had it laid out right okay it still kind of blew my mind yeah
4: yeah,
2: yeah oh it's yeah
4: yeah
1: <laughs> okay so how,
2: where do you where do you want to start i'll say let's start at the very beginning brother oh let there be light yes let there be light
1: <laughs> or water
4: <laughs> There you go. <laughs> there you go so yeah I've always found it really interesting when we talk about the flood or the antediluvian period how there's a common mythology in basically every culture you're going to see in the world that has some account of not just a flood happening but of there being a race of giants that walks the earth right so what's what's your what's your take
1: the so my first degree is in English, so of course I've read a whole mess of stuff but the one thing that really in terms of this topic sticks in my mind was the epic of gilgamesh yeah it right and and i remember you know of course i mean i i was very sheltered um i would consider myself very sheltered growing up and i wasn't exposed to a whole lot um my experiences were small um and i remember thinking you know when when i had to read this for a class i just thought wait there's more than one story like this i thought there was only one and and that sort of just blew my mind and then i started you know sort of learning that there was this same story in all of these other cultures and you know that your brain just kind of expands a little bit and you think what why
4: that's one of the things that is really interesting about the old testament is how it's not really until we get to the book of Exodus that you see stories that are unique just to the Jewish people in the Hebrew context that when you go back to Genesis, a lot of these stories seem like myths that came from other cultures that there's a great deal of like you know precedence to them, right. And a lot of common threads, you know,
2: like we were just talking about with the flood. That was something that always interested me. These civilizations or these, excuse me, societies who shouldn't have any contact with each other, given the geological locations, Mm -hmm. all share a a flood story in some degree. Yeah. That always fascinated
4: me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So where would be a good place to start with, you know, really going into the flood? I mean, this is such a broad topic that... And it's only
2: mentioned very briefly in the Bible. That was something that, always another thing that really kind of blew my mind is, you know, they would just briefly in one sentence, oh, and there were Nephilim in those days, moving on. It's like, whoa, hold on, let's back that up. You know, let's talk about that. I would like to maybe start with the Watchers. You know, maybe who the Watchers are, what, you know, just basically an overview of
4: that. That's a great place to start. So when we begin talking about... The Watchers, I guess. A thing that's really important to get out of the way first and foremost is that when we say these stories are in the Bible, you know, people will say, well, well, where at? What Bible are you talking about? And to get this out of the way at the beginning, like I said, there is no such thing as, in air quotes, the Bible. There are just Bibles. Right. There are numerous texts that different groups in different times and places have considered authoritative and taken out or placed uh, precedence on and uh, altered or used in various ways or whatever. So, in the book of Genesis, it talks about this a little bit very, very briefly, where the, the gist we get underlying the text is that at some point there were a group of angels who saw the uh, human women or, as it says in the text, the daughters of Seth and came into them and the offspring were a race of giants. And that these giants became more and more bloodthirsty as time went on and humans couldn't feed them anymore so they began eating humans. Right. Right. And it's also implied that there's... Uh, a subcurrent going on in the story where these angels taught humans um, astrology, mathematics, yeah. warfare, agriculture, uh, agriculture, right. uh, math. Right. Yes. Um, and what it says is these were secrets that were known only above, and not uh, not to be known by humans. Right.
2: Now let me ask you this, Reverend: Could that? Part of the the legend or the mythology could that also maybe bleed into just the uh the the tree of knowledge sort of mythology in other words you know by being taught all these secret things you know like agriculture medicine math could that kind of be tied into the the tree of knowledge well when you
4: talk about tree of knowledge i have to ask what you mean by because different people describe it different ways uh
2: just a the basic i guess my basic concept of the genesis story you know the adam and eve story being in in the garden and then you know eating because i know there's a tree of life and a tree of knowledge
4: well it was the tree of knowledge that was eaten from first and the reason why they were thrown out of the garden in the story wasn't necessarily even because they did that it was because that if you know it was the fear that they were going to eat from the tree right. of immortality
2: right right So a, a lot of a popular misconception is that adam and eve were expelled from the garden for eating from the tree of of knowledge, knowledge. right but, but what it really was because god didn't want to mean from the other tree the tree of immortality right yeah. i just learned something there you go <laughs> that's why we're the good news indeed
1: because yeah. that's always—I mean, that's what I always thought. All oh, right. they ate from the tree. Boom, you're out. No, right. no, wow.
2: Yeah, it's because yeah. they didn't want him eating from the other tree of immortality, you know, yeah. or life, the tree of life. Well, I we mean, could we was... could
4: probably spend <laughs> we could probably spend three or four whole shows or more just going into subtext within Genesis. What's that right, right. Because you know, th- there's so much in the book that carries a, a great weight of subtext. Like th- there's an entire school of. Uh, Hebrew thought so, that you see sometimes with, with Kabbalistic schools, but um, a lot of times with uh, with Orthodox or Hasidic Judaism that they call Midrash right. or Midrash, where it's examining the text for... I, I, I almost have to pause to collect my thoughts because the... I almost have to give you a background on the Hebrew language uh-huh. to begin with. Hebrew and, well, Semitic languages, period, are what we would call rich languages. Okay. Um, you know, meaning that they don't translate well. I got you. I see. Okay. You know, Latin, uh, Greek, the the Romance languages, those are what we would call practical languages. I see. Okay. Um, with with Semitic languages, um, vowels were a late addition. Right. You understand what I right, mean? Right. like, And that was to help translate, correct? Yeah. It, it basically just consonants. Like vowels uh, come in the form of dots. Right. Right. In words. And, and wasn't it mathematical based as well? It's the Hebrew, Hebrew
2: language. Seems like I've heard that.
4: I mean, to a small extent. Like there's a study of it, like of uh, sacred numerology. Yeah. Right. That goes into it. But... And that that's that's only sort of tied in, but I almost hate to speak on it because I feel like I'm nowhere near the the expert. I, I should be, to, like, I mean, I'm conversation I'm conversational in it, but not an expert on this by any means. Absolutely, I got you. But a large part of what you know midrash consists of is looking at th- these original texts and saying, okay, what can these words? allude to what other words do they look like right um there's an idea that if all of these books are divinely inspired that god doesn't waste a breath so every consonant is relevant it counts to to something right so they sit and argue they've argued for forever about this about you know not just about passages and their meaning but about What about this vowel i see right i mean
2: in other words you break it down to every single detail of this language or every single detail of whatever's written down right i see well let me ask you uh reverend kind of keeping in line with the quote unquote conspiracy theory do you believe in planet nibiru (laughs) because it does tie in to these legends certain people believe that nibiru well let let me tell you what i've heard and see what you guys think about this are you I've talking heard- like
4: 2012, like uh, like Sitchin type stuff? You get yeah. Starting
2: to get there a little bit, yes. But uh, I believe it was actually Lloyd who, you, you posted a, a... Lloyd Pye. Yes. Yeah, I watched about 45, 50 minutes of that video. And I need to finish it. I, was, I had to go to sleep. I had to go to bed.
4: He it, makes a great case for Bigfoot.
2: Wow. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. you watch some yeah. about Agent C? That yeah. was insane. But what I really um, you know, was interested in was the story of Planet Nibiru mm. and how it collided. With another planet i believe it was actually supposed to be earth you know prehistoric earth and that's what created the earth in the asteroid belt and that the inhabitants of nibiru are actually our ancestors human beings do you buy in any of that or
4: what what's your take on all that river i honestly don't know okay I know it's very fantastic. And I don't mean uh, I'm ignorant of the subject. I mean I don't know.
2: It, 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 yeah, it's a very fantastical yeah. story. That that was the one that really, to me, was fascinating. Just to hear and that how Nibiru's is making it cycle back around and it, you know be back in our atmosphere or back in our observe you know where we can observe it in like what about 120 years or something like, like, like that. Yeah.
4: Like, do you believe in the pan, the the theory of uh, panspermia based existence? Like. What I mean by that is where, you know, an asteroid carrying uh, alien DNA from another planet hits another planet and colonizes it. That's what they mean by panspermia. Right,
2: right. Once again, I don't know. Um, I think it's absolutely possible. You know, I'm I'm from the mindset that anything's possible. I've, I've always been of that mindset. I, Yeah. Well, I tell you, let's get back on track. Yeah. Yeah. I just had to throw that one out there. So we haven't even hit the flood yet. So we're still, you know, kind of yeah. talking about the Watchers and the Giants and, and all that. So let's let's pick back up on that. Well, per, first of all, Kara's over here looking like, what the hell? <laughs> what, what's your take so far on all this stuff, Kara? Um, <laughs> That's a perfect uh, response. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It gets pretty mind-blowing. It gets pretty, you know, like I say
4: fantastical, you know.
2: All right, so let's get back into some of the giants and some of some of this stuff, you know, with the watchers and
4: Okay, well one of the most interesting theories I've always had about this or seen written pretty broadly about it is in the book of Genesis it talks about there being uh the sky separating the waters below from the waters above. Right. This is in It's in there. Yeah. It's in the Bible. It's yeah. in there. Okay. So there has been this is like one of these grand unifying theories where it looks at a lot of a lot of things from all over the place. Like why um, well, I'll 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 shelve that for a little <laughs> bit down the line. I'm still trying to gather my thoughts on this one. But
2: talk <laughs> well i was going to say i definitely want to get into that because me and agency on the way over here was was talking exactly about that about yeah. the other water layer yeah. Yeah. that they talk about i tell you what uh reverend once you what you explain to uh agency and kara let's just talk about dinosaurs for instance because that was the part that really mm-hmm. really fascinated me when we were talking about this a few weeks ago
4: okay well There's a belief that a lot of – that became really popular with biblical biblical literalists back around the mid-1800s, I guess. And for a while, you know, in the early part of the 1900s, these became less popular and were sort of embraced as like – or not embraced but rejected as like quack theories. Right, right. But there's been some interesting science that's come up in the years since that suggests there could be something to it. This might not entirely be bullshit. And what it talks about is that at some point in time in our planet's past, there was a layer of water that surrounded the Earth or the sky that that could have been like a byproduct of the planet's formation. And that this is what was called the, the, the firmament. Right. I guess. Well, one of the things that would have happened, as a scientific byproduct of this, was it would have jacked up oxygen levels so high right, right. that you that it would have enabled insects, birds, animals, and humans, presumably, right. to live extraordinarily long lives and grow to right. insanely tall heights which
2: which would explain the biblical uh stories of how people would live to be hundreds and hundreds of years old and it also explain the dinosaurs which would just be reptiles who grew exceptionally large because reptiles don't stop growing reptiles
4: never stop growing as
2: long as they have that oxygen and that the means they will they
4: will grow until they die right in other words there's no right they they don't
2: cap out basically yeah but now since so given that that theory would be the truth let's just say it is and that would absolutely explain why reptiles grew massive it also would explain why people live to be three four hundred years old
4: yeah and so what what comes about from this is that there's a belief that at some point in time there was this cataclysmic event right that was the flood which was essentially this this firmament or hydrosphere collapsing and right. flooding the earth, flooded the earth. You know, created the um, created the majority of the oceans, all right. that. And it, it when it collapsed, uh, it broke. Living the, creatures were no longer able to live to these lengths anymore. Exactly, and it would also explain
2: how we had that one landmass. Um, Got the, the names Pangea. Esca- Pangea. Thank yes. you.
4: yes. And then how it would split up. Yeah, because- and there's a lot of interesting overlapping mythology with when you look at ancient cultures how. Uh, kings who were considered god kings right. during their time were illustrated as uh, aquatic or aquatic imagery, like uh, the the king uh, Ea or spelled Ea or Ia, that a lot of these uh, a lot of this mythology originally stems from. But also with Sargon of Akkad with uh, with Dagon, who later became a god, right uh, down the line, and Christ being illustrated as a fish yes. is is an overlap from this period. But it was believed that aquatic creatures had were, were occupied some space that was in between mortal and divine right. that they were from some sort of in-between world right and there's been, there's even been like some theoretical ideas behind this like how one theory has always stated that when people stood on the banks of the Mediterranean or the Red Sea and they looked out at the horizon they saw the sea as being this in-between space between the sky and the land right but there's this, like, apparently way older theory, which I only learned about several years back when I began reading into this, that says that, you know, this came from the waters being in the sky.
2: Which would also explain the flood. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, right. yeah, I think that's pretty obvious that would also explain that. So you have dinosaurs, the long life of human beings in the Bible, and the flood all pretty much, and the, and the breaking up of, of Pangea. Right. All in basically one, one theory it pretty much wow. could explain them all just one fell swoop that me and me and the reverend were outside a couple a couple shows ago just yeah. outside hanging out and the reverend dropped this on me and i'm like well hold on man we got to record this yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is more than just cigarette talk brother this is yeah i care i'm looking at you
1: <laughs> my mind yeah. is blown yeah. right now yeah. i i because i've i've I, I read uh, when I when I was you know doing some of the research for for today I, I had seen that theory about um, you know the the oxygen levels being really high and so that's how people could live longer and you know and that started of to make sense and I thought okay well that's sure. but now when when you bring that with the dinosaurs with Pangea with oh I mean it's, it's almost just, like a grand the, unifying
4: theory yeah, to, yeah.
1: <laughs> and you don't like that's it,
4: it
2: ties it all together in a really pretty bow is yeah. what it does well it's it's it, really, really
4: popular with. With a lot of different groups, also, you know, you have biblical literalists on one hand, right. you have people who are really big dorks for alternative theories of science, right. for people who study common mythology, and a number of other things. Like, it's, it really does a pretty interesting job of tying it all together. Yeah, in yeah, just but, one
2: theory. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes you wonder, and like I said, you know, especially talking about some of the biblical, you know, the ones who really hold true to what the Bible says, it does say that. I mean, I've read that myself, that there was a layer, or there was, I can't remember the exact wording of it, but it does allude to there being another layer of I've water. I've seen it
4: called the hydrosphere a number yeah. of times, but basically that's the the gist of it, is that at some point in our planet's past, as a byproduct of its formation, Right. There was a layer of water yeah. around it and then <laughs> i wonder if they so
1: uh, now i have a question so so okay so you have the ball of, uh-huh. of the earth right and then of course we have water on the earth right. so was there like a layer of air and then over top of that was a layer of water yeah that's so, that so we didn't breathe they, water right. we we breathed the it, air it was just was something between.
4: that was right. in the that was in or above the atmosphere the atmosphere yeah. that was i guess came from you know hydrogen and oxygen separating i mean i'm not a scientist right. by any means but that's the belief is that all it really did was it jacked up oxygen levels so high that it enabled wow. long lifespans, but that at some point, what the theory says is that there was the you know there was a what could have been an extinction level event or maybe, a cataclysmic event maybe where like the meteors? which could
1: co- coincide with yeah with the extinction of the dinosaurs yeah,
4: exactly where right. this this collapsed and you know outside of religion or anything this became the common thread behind every culture you know, mythologizing it right. to and, an extent.
1: And, and, and Which right, would make sense if we were all on the same continent. Exact,
2: exactly. Exactly. And then at yeah. that point, everything splits because you have so much water hitting this landmass. It's going to... Plus, t- if you, t- you
1: had... I mean, if it was something like a meteor, I mean, if it's smashed into that one hunk of land, there it's going to split it and uh, throw it everywhere. And then with that yeah.
2: added pressure of the water dropping, it's going to separate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it.
1: That, that's
2: that's an insane theory that... It almost sounds too perfect to me it almost sounds like it ties it together almost too perfectly yeah i thought that too that was my i'm
1: like "Mm, i'm suspicious because this is too neat things that things aren't normally that neat exactly sometimes the simplest answer is the the right answer
2: answer. i I used to tutor math that was a job i had a while back and i would tell a lot of my students you know we we would work on this huge long problem it would come up to four let's just say and they're like Mm -hmm. it can't be four that's too easy i'm like why can't it not be that easy it really is and it was once again not saying obviously nobody here knows but it sounds good to me yeah i I can say that it definitely sounds good to me now reverend there's also stories though that there were giants that survived this this event do you do you buy into that like in other words i'm kind of going into goliath here it's kind of where i'm
4: well goliath actually wasn't a nephilim in the bible he was a canaanite oh okay okay or no not a canaanite um crap i don't have my book here with uh, me i forget it but but he was not considered no he was not a nephilim oh, okay. okay he was just a giant from among his people in the book
1: so maybe like seven foot tall like right like cane or somebody like that exactly somebody who's just yeah extra tall
4: the wwe Kane. yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, oh yes 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 oh i forget what. <laughs> not abel's not, not abel's brother, not abel's brother. Yeah. no yeah. yeah
2: the undertaker's brother
1: yes the undertaker's brother. <laughs>
2: But that one always just, like I said, that one blew my mind. Now, Reverend, let me ask you, since we're still kind of you know talking ancient hidden history, the Anunnaki, or Anunnaki, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? What's your take on the Anunnaki? You tell me yours first. Well, I I think it's interesting. I think it's a fascinating theory. Uh, basically, an Anunnaki, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because I may be getting my, um, my wires crossed here, but there's, uh, I guess, a theory, a conspiracy theory. Well, there's numerous theories that, you, from all over. And uh, one of the, I guess, more widespread ones of that, Anunnaki were not of this earth, that they were aliens, and that they came down and basically, almost like the Watchers, there's there a little bit of an overlap, sort of, with the Watchers mythology, that they came down to some of these civilizations, mostly the Mayans, if I'm not mistaken, and the Aztecs,
4: possibly. Somewhat. like, wh- Well, what one of the theories, like a, a really recent one talks about, is that these were a race of extraterrestrials who became kings there's another archaeological you know more more basic theory that says that there was a a god king at some point uh named anu yeah. and that his you know he he was both a king and considered a god right and his descendants were considered the the Anunnaki I see
2: I see so but so they had this supernatural element to them right pretty much and they they as well taught the, the civilization you know our um uh
4: agriculture you know a lot of the same things well almost all Kings from that period that we know about that were considered relevant and relevant enough to write about were considered both gods and kings right right
2: but the anunnaki always kind of you know that was another one that you know kind of ties into planet nibiru as well you know Mm -hmm. that was another one of the theories that anunnaki was actually from nibiru and they traveled to earth you know when it was close enough to be traveled to and from and that stuff you know all that stuff is just fascinating to me well if
4: we're going to talk about land masses splitting up what do you think about atlantis Ooh.
1: well you know it's interesting um so we're, we're talking about the, you know this whole thing and the comet and everything and one of the things when i was looking into atlantis you know i i probably should grab some notes here um you know when i was trying to figure out okay you know do i think that Pl- plato yes um you know do do i think that he was being literal or was homer. he just
2: being er, it's homer. homer yeah it was homer i'm almost hang on gotta, i'm almost i certain. gotta pull up my notes yeah there
1: we go Okay so um so apparently it, it was Plato. It, okay So okay. He, so and and Homer might have written about it.
2: It probably what it was is Pla- Plato took from Homer probably
1: okay. or vice versa. Yeah. So so Plato told the story yeah. it was about 360 BCE. Um and it's mentioned in two of his dialogues, uh, Timaeus and Critias. Mm-hmm. Um and you know his whole thing is that the the founders of Atlantis they were half human, half god, okay. which kind of ties into that but one of the things i started thinking about you know is okay could atlantis have been real and yeah i mean i i wasn't there i'm not that old yet (laughs) but yet yet Yet. (laughs) (laughs) yet but my my thought was you know what what if the so i think the the thing about um, what Plato was saying is that it, it happened. It had happened like nine thousand years before mm-hmm. his time, right? Which, which is a very long time. Oh, it's a long time now. Absolutely, because that would make it like I can't math. Lots of many years. Seven thousand BC. <laughs> yes, that. Well, guys,
4: I have some great news for you. There is a grand unifying theory to Atlantis. Holy shit. <laughs>
2: yes well before you say that let me just say when you were talking about you know half aquatic calf mammal types a little earlier mm-hmm. that was the first thing i thought of was atlantis that that was what popped in my mind when you were just talking about that so
1: yeah because i i, I even wrote here um um you know because of course you know they're talking about you know where would atlantis be right mm-hmm. you know and and people will say the bahamas and people say spain and and all these places right. but my thing is how will we ever know because the tectonic plates are shifting, you know, yeah. and and in in nine thousand years,
3: oh, I mean, absolutely. it it
1: might have moved, God knows, knows how far away, or it, it you know could be in the Marianas Trench. I don't even know where that is. Right.
2: <laughs> well, I know the Reverend. You have a a theory because we've talked about this as well. And yeah. I'm like, hold on, we got to record this. <laughs> and I just want to say one thing, agency. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a little may pop over here because our guest. Well, well, the Reverend's not a guest. He's a the host. They have notes. Oh yeah. Well, no. Me and agency have, I think taken what three notes in a, about a year. I'm over here like, damn man, hey, gotta you catch don't, up, brother. You don't take notes what when you're fuck, a sponge. Hey, I like it.
3: I like you it. You like that? I love it, man. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> That's why I'm always here to learn.
4: Yeah. Oh, today we're we're learning.
3: We're so learning today.
4: There's a grand unifying theory to Atlantis, like I said. Yeah. It's not quite as fantastical as the one about the flood. But in my opinion, it's it's maybe even a little more interesting in its own yeah. way. And, yeah. and maybe even more probable. Um, maybe. You know, maybe. Yeah. So when the original writings about Atlantis came out, they were very skimp to begin with. A lot of the uh, theoretical and fantastical elements about Atlantis were later editions. That in the original writings there were only a handful of real characteristics. Um, we don't have uh, you know, the viewer at home if you want to make your own map. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is where we get yeah. interactive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was a place that was somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean. Right. This was a place that uh, was covered in gold, right. but it had natives who were uncivilized that went around with uh uh, that were unclothed and had no use for the gold right that is basically at the at the earliest we can trace it back in the the thumbprint of the atlanta stories that's what it says right now there was a lot that was added to it later sure like that it sunk or that you know there was technology and all this the mythology the right. latin of it right and now we know that this that the story of atlantis was originally told by two gr- groups the the greeks and the romans so at first when you're hearing this you know this it sounds a little bit confusing but you have to pull in things from all over the place one of them is that we have found and discovered uh, solomonic coins in north america Right. Um, coins bearing the Im- uh, the image of King Solomon. Right. In other words, if you've ever watched the History Channel, you know that we have found Egyptian architecture yes. in Mexico, right, and in uh, all of Latin America, Central right. America, and South America. In the tombs of pharaohs of Egypt, we have found bananas and tobacco, which were both New World crops. Right. So when we begin pulling this from all over the place, we get a really interesting explanation, which is that these seafaring peoples, uh, primarily the Carthaginians, who were, you know, what's now Tunisia, the Phoenicians, which is now Lebanon, Syria, and likely possibly Egypt too, all these seafaring people, that at some point, they actually did circumnavigate the globe. Right. And, I forgot to mention that. Another part of the story, the 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 other part, which I forgot to throw in, was it said in the original writing of Atlantis that this place in the Atlantic Ocean is the size of Africa and Asia put together. Right. So, let's sort of scale back yeah, yeah, and take, look at the big picture. Right. If you were sailing around North and South America… Yes, sir. …it would look like Asia Af- and Africa… Africa. Put together yes sir absolutely combine all the rest of the common myths about how we have egyptian architecture right there solomonic coins new world crops in egypt and so a bigger picture begins to emerge that there's in my in my opinion a very strong case to be made that the core of the atlantis myth is that the people from carthage egypt and phoenicia did circumnavigate the globe, did you know interact, at least on some level, right. right, with the with the people in North and South America, but they never bothered to pass on this technology to the Greeks and Romans, right? Because this wasn't, you know, a big, you know, um, global. Like culture twi- i guess twi- twi- where right, people right, passed on knowledge right, to each other right. i mean if you discovered some shit, you kept, kept it private yourself. right
1: give you the advantage a- yes absolutely.
4: absolutely but that what happened was that the greeks and romans heard about it as rumor and right down the line and got mythology. And it guy. became a larger than life myth over time right so so to, to bottom line it
2: your theory and it sounds like a damn good one to me as well that atlantis is nothing more than north and south america right what do you think about that, Kara Hayes? I,
1: I mean, that makes, a, makes sense. a lot of sense. You know, yeah. I mean, it certainly, like, you know, it, it makes more sense than something falling then into the sea. Than an island sinking. Right, yeah. You know, exactly. I, I, and, and it's possible, um, one of the things that I read was, you know, that it's possible that, um, that Plato was sort of modeling his discussion of Atlantis on what had happened at Santorini, which I think was like, three or four thousand years before he was writing where it was like that sounds right where it was like a a big volcanic explosion and then you know parts of it literally sunk into the sea Mm because it just crumbled you know and so they were kind of you know he was sort of trying to draw on something that people might be familiar with um but my god i mean that i I, i'm 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 trying to wrap my brain around because that (laughs) really does
4: we're going to have to make this show like be filmed and visually interactive
3: yeah, at yes, some yes, point, sir. so we can string right, together a yeah. map and actually yeah, do yeah, the whole yeah. visuals.
2: Well,
1: agency, I was going
2: to ask you, what do you think about that?
3: There's, there's also, um, you could argue the fact that Atlantis was actually just Earth itself, as far as that theory of, you know, the water from below and above. There you go, and which we just talked about a little earlier you know the pre-flood after the flood Atlantis is gone destroyed
4: oh. that that's an absolute great theory man That is I hadn't so, even gone that route I haven't
2: so let let, let me ask you uh agency so basically what you're saying is do, do you believe that that uh, the the water layer could be part oh, yeah. of how Atlantis so in other words Pangea the 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 one landmass would have been Atlantis in Atlantis Hey man I mean <laughs> uh, yeah that's a hell of a theory agency that's that's a hell of a theory that now,
3: <laughs> for something to live you know between water masses
2: and, and it would make sense to think that it went underwater because mm-hmm. right. obviously it came down and all the continents did split at this particular point now me personally I lean a little bit more toward the reverence theory I, to me that sounds practical, oh, yeah. not as fantastical you know it's it's not quite of the, as,
4: of the americas being atlantis <laughs> right yeah. yes yes it's, yeah. like i
2: said not quite as fantastic well well, not, to me
4: there's just it just seems like there's too much stuff that ties into it well like right and I, i'm talking about when you tie in things from all over the place like like i said how there's egyptian architecture right exactly in mexico in latin yeah. america right
2: and, and you and, have the pyramids in south america as well yeah yep. Yeah, it it, it,
3: well, it, it just is. works a little course, too, and, yeah. and how well, in course, the
4: tombs of the pharaohs we've got new world crops right. too. Exactly. Of
3: course, I have another theory about that. You know. Go for let's it. It. It's hear our, it. It's our theory. Well, let's hear aliens. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's, not going to hit out against yeah. that one at I, all. I, no, but, I mean I I do believe because the tech. Yeah, you know, yeah, just, yeah,
2: and the way these things were built. Exactly. and everything. Now, you know, I, I will say I don't. I
3: know people laugh at that. And it sounds like sure. a joke, but honestly. I
2: think there was definitely something going on whether or not that was extraterrestrials interdimensional or just technology that we have forgotten about mm-hmm. there's got to be something there to explain it i mean it could be aliens i think it could absolutely be aliens i think once again i think me and the reverence talked about this i think it's more interdimensional than yeah. outer, you know man this is that's a whole <laughs> other yeah. show yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: i love that whole interdimensional i've because you know of course We've talked to, about this. And yeah. I've been starting to listen to stuff about the Mandela effect. And because that, you know, just that one, got uh, me. that one's uh, got uh, to me. Y'all. I, no, I, yes. don't,
2: I don't even want to talk about I, that. I'm here. not, I'm not,
4: I'm not going <laughs> to go deep into it, but I absolutely <laughs> no. believe that. Like when it comes to aliens, like I don't believe in the extra thing. I right. think that there's interdimensional stuff. But yeah, I totally believe that. I mm-hmm. mean,
2: I mean, science, I mean, proves that there's things that we cannot see, that we cannot hear. Look at dog. I always bring up dog whistles. We can't hear it, but we know it works. I mean, fuck, dude.
4: Einstein proved that there are at least 12 dimensions. That's at least. Nice. At
2: least. At the very least. And that was back then. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, if there's 12 of me, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that means there's 12 of all of us so jeez oh, louise yeah fantastic like i said my my conspiracy theory this week has definitely been the mandela effect i experienced it but yeah we're, we're, we'll talk about that at some other point that's been my big one though uh finally cr- i crawled out of that rabbit hole about three nights ago and i don't want to go back <laughs> yeah i'm good i'm good right now
4: i spent about four days in i heard a i heard your thoughts on it on the, <laughs> the last show you did see mine's been columbine like i, I told you about I, and right, right. yeah well,
2: we'll get into that one as well. At some that, point. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, that's yeah. another one. That's for something else down the line. Well, well guys, I tell you, we're, we're starting to hit about that halfway point. Is there anything that we want to go into and talk about before we go into the second part of our show?
1: Well, I do have a question. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So, how i'm, I'm, I'm try, uh, trying to formulate the question yes um okay so we we have what we consider the bible you know right, the, right. the one that you can right. go to the store and, and right. buy canonized. so right. most of the time that's basically like ba- either based off of or is the king james bible correct usually yeah so were there there were so there a number were of other inter- versions oh yeah and it was it was it just based on like who was in power at the time, and these are what I believe, so this is the Bible now, or like who determines what gets in the Bible and what gets kicked out?
2: Well, the Council of Nicaea, correct, wasn't
4: that? Well, this is a really, this is a very very loaded topic, but to put it to put it really mildly, I guess that in the aftermath of the the first two generations or so after the life of Christ, like circa, you know, A.D. 100, right. I guess, you began seeing a number of splits because there were a lot of different groups who began claiming their own interpretation of the story. Right. Way more than we really understand. Like, And a lot of it had to do with disagreements about what was the nature of Christ. Right. I mean, this is me really kind of going I'm, – I'm trying to just skim the surface right, of right. theology here. I mean, I can talk about it all day, but – there would be, you know, one group, like the, the Pauline variant, which ended up becoming Western Christianity, I guess, right. that believed that the nature of Christ was entirely divine. Right. I guess there was, a, there was an Eastern sect, which, you know, became the, the Syriac, the Maronite, the, the Coptics, the Ethiopian church. Which believed that you, you know, multi, differing variations of the idea that Christ was both human and right. uh, God in a package. Right. And then there were others that believed that Christ was uh, God to the simp- to the nature that he only looked human. Right. There were others right, right. that, but the Ethiopians, for example, where we see the Book of Enoch uh, as an authoritative text. The Ethiopians believe that Christ was what you would call the Son of God by adoption. Okay. Rather than being born God or right. like, you know, born to a virgin, right. they believe that there is a point in the story where when Christ is being baptized by John the Baptist and the text says that a dove yeah. ascends from heaven and enters into him, yeah. that they believe this was the moment that Christ as a mortal man became. Possessed or uh, became the living embodiment of the the word made flesh
2: as a spoken. So they John. call it,
4: right. So they call it that he was a mortal who became possessed by the word and became. The living embodiment or vessel of God
2: at that point of baptism, right? Which is huh. kind of, which makes sense because that always seems to be that the moment for, uh, as far as I can have heard and can tell, that was the defining moment of Christ's life is when he was baptized, right? From John the Baptist. There's always like pre-baptism and then
4: obviously, and see, so, so when we talk about Bibles or different books being authoritative, when for okay, for example, when you look at some of the different. Um, splits in religion that occurred specifically like splits within Abrahamism, like when uh, when Islam came about in the, the 600s. There are a number of stories that when a person reads the Quran, that, that will be immediately like identifiable, I guess, as having biblical precedents like stories about Christ, stories about Moses, right, like right. a lot of reiterations of or retellings of right. stories of the biblical prophets. Right. But there will be – but there's a number of twists that – to westernize and people who grew up within Christianity look a little odd. Okay. And they'll say, "Okay, where did this come from?" But the what's what's important for for archaeologists that I've always heard them say about the Quran is that it is probably the best example of what we what we would have to go off of of what the Bible looked like in Arabia. Okay. Because when yeah. you look at it that it doesn't make a lot of sense to westernize when you first read it, but when you take it in the context of what the Bible was like in Ethiopia and its proximity to Arabia and you know you look at Ethiopia's Bible and their stories about you know emphasis on the human nature of Christ rather than the d- divine nature or like you know only being a prophet right. or more stories uh, a lot of emphasis in the Ethiopian Bible, about uh, Ishmael, uh, Abraham's son, who was who was sent off, and this prophecy that existed within a sect of the Jewish people since the very very beginning, where that said, okay, because you know Isaac was the favorite son, but there was still a covenant made with Ishmael that after that, that how would I say this? That there that the chain of prophets were going to be Jewish but that there was going to come a final prophet at the very end of time after the the Jewish Messiah who would be from the Ishmaelite line. Right. And that there would be, yeah, you, you, right, you get right. what I'm getting right, at? Right. So there's a number of stories that when you take it within looking at the Ethiopian Bible and the one that existed, you know, like, uh, like the, the Syriacs and things, for example, that make a lot of sense when you start to – kind of breaking look at down, it because right. you see okay that's how this
2: evolved right and how we get to what we have today right today or even to the king's james era i would assume you know by the time it got there yeah that was kind of where we're at with it so
4: yeah that's, that's how that's sort of how that stuff evolved i mean like when you, we could almost do a show in and of itself about how you know religion evolved right over the right. course of the last two thousand years but you really have to look at the that there's a lot more commonalities then we would see on the surface, it's just that with, with Western eyes and only seeing, you know, essentially Pauline Christianity and then right. seeing, you know, um, the the largest segment of Judaism and the largest segment of Islam, we look at them and go, you know, how, how did these quite evolve into each other? Right. But when you realize there are so many schisms and splits and texts that were left out. Right all over the right. place that different groups considered authoritative or such and such. Like, like the Book of Enoch, for yeah. instance. Right. And then you see, like I said, the, the proximity of Ethiopia to Arabia. It's kind of easy to see how they do evolve. Exactly. Exactly.
2: So, Cares, how does that... Pretty much, you know, yeah. answer your question, what she was looking at. It, it's a pretty deep subject. Yeah, it's like you were just saying, Reverend, <laughs> this is something we could have an entire we, we really series, could. Yeah, series sure. on, you know. And
1: I would listen to that all day because yeah. I have <laughs> so little knowledge. Yeah. So
2: well, little. hopefully after today you have a, a little more. <laughs> a morning. lot more.
1: Perfect. Yes.
2: Well, guys, uh, do y'all want to go ahead and take a break and start moving in our second half? or is anybody? Do you, do you guys want to say anything before we end this part of Hidden History, before we go into the more modern industry. In
4: history what you got
2: <laughs> well i'm gonna take I, that
1: i i have a surprise look <laughs> on my face because yeah. that's a lot
2: i was gonna to say i'm gonna take it by your yeah. expression that we're probably going to go ahead and, and end <laughs> this segment and i uh, will be back and uh before we uh do that let's have a word from our sponsors don't go anywhere we'll be right back What's up, Puds? This is Jason from the Pudcast with Jason and Mike, and I'm here to invite you to check out the premier video game store in the greater Charlotte area. Game Swap, located at 112 Northeast Court Square in beautiful downtown Lincoln in the great state of North Carolina. Whether you're looking to buy, sell, or trade classic consoles and games like Nintendo, Atari, and Sega, or modern systems like Xbox One and PS4, GameSwap has you covered, and GameSwap is much more than just a video game store. T-shirts, comics, records, toys, collectibles, and much, much more are all here. And don't forget to like them on Facebook, and hey, while you're at it, check out the podcast with Jason and Mike with a brand-new episode dropping every Sunday. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and podcast.com. Music provided by Silence is My campus. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Uh, once again, I'm Thunderpud number two. I'm here with your co-host, Agent C, Kara Hayes, and, of course, the good Reverend Doctor. And we're about to go
3: into the second segment now. Uh, Agent C, I'm going to turn it over to you, brother. All right, let's take a flip of the coin and uh, look on the darker side of history. That's right. History man is cold. lots of darkness. Yeah. Cold. Yes. And uh, let's look at man called Hitler
2: now Kara Hayes this was when we first talked about you coming on the show this is what you were talking about that you would like to discuss and come up and and come up here and give your take on and this is something Reverend and I know you too are are schooled upon schooled on as well so Kara I'm gonna turn it over to you and once you talk a little bit about what we're going into and then me and agency will probably just kind of take a step back and and just take it in
1: so basically the there is a theory um that says that Hitler did not kill himself in the bunker, that he did escape, and that it was a body double that was killed and buried burned and buried and that's what the Russians found all of those true <laughs> yep um and so the the whole theory is that he escaped to South America because right. I, I mean there there were Tens of thousands of Nazis, especially the high-ranking ones, they were able to escape uh, from Germany in in the years just after the war. I mean, people like Mengele, I mean, if there is a more evil human being on the planet... I think you'd be hard pressed to find him.
2: No, who was this
1: person? I'm not. So Joseph Mangala, Doctor Death. Yeah, oh. yeah, or the Angel of Death. Uh, okay. He. So if you've ever heard the stories about somebody doing experiments on twins, or right. you know, doing experiments on people, like he would literally, he would say, "Oh, look, you have brown eyes. Let's see if we can make them blue. I'm going to take a needle. I'm going to take a syringe, and I'm going to fill it with blue dye, and I'm going to inject that into oh, your eye okay. to try to change your eye color." I see.
2: So he was. he he was a sick
1: sick human being
2: obviously i've heard of some of those experiments and things like that but i wasn't aware of the person who was like so would it be fair to say that this is one of the main people over these experiments one of the main oh yeah not
4: the Kara. have you ever heard the stories about there being isolated tribes in the amazon that uh have blue eyes and blonde hair i
1: i I have heard a little bit about that I, i haven't gone down that rabbit hole
4: yeah, well, th- what the, s- the theory states is that there have been tribes, you know, like I just said, that live in the Amazon that for all purposes are totally uncontacted con- by the outside world. And the big glaring thing about them is they have blue eyes and blonde hair. And this was in the landing zone for Mingle and a lot of the Third Right guys and that they were experimented on. Yeah,
2: I've never heard that. This is brand I new don't. Debate. I don't
4: even know if it's true yeah. or not. It like I've I've read it numerous times over the years, but it makes for something interesting to think about. I oh, guess. Oh, absolutely.
1: Well, because w- one of the things you know that that I've found out is that you know, of course, M- Mengele and and of course Eichmann. He's probably the more famous one that escaped, and he was later caught uh, by Mossad and ex- tried and executed. Mm. And but so Mengele living down in South America he was continuing to do these experiments I mean he didn't just stop when the holoc or when when the the war ended I mean he kept doing it
4: well those guys all believed in the uh, the extraterrestrial origin of the white race yes right yeah right. Um, go ahead well,
2: i was going to ask you this the the viral viral society well, Viril, uh, uh,
4: but it was called the thule society right right yeah and it was believed that the white race had, or the Aryan race, had origins in uh, Hyperborea, in the the far north, right. and that they, there was an inner circle within Nazism. Like, this wasn't something that the public believed. right? I guess, I mean, the, the public was a very traditional society. I mean, this was Germany. Right. But there was a core group like that included uh, Heinrich Himmler and a number of other right. guys who were almost like dorks for this stuff. They really believed hard in it. Like, they believed that the Aryan race came from a uh, star system that orbited a black sun, which is where the you know the symbol of the black sun comes from.
2: Is the Swashley correct? Is well,
4: that- it's they also call it a sun wheel, oh, but right. I, I can't like illustrate it for you <laughs> for anybody like listening. But it's uh, but yeah, it's basically this idea that the Aryan race has extraterrestrial blood, and that right. all of the other uh, races are what you know they would call in. Um, Calling uh, scientific racism terms like what well, they would call them mud races, meaning I like that they right, were totally right. earthborn,
2: right, and that the Aryans had some sort of supernatural slash extraterrestrial quality, yeah, and to that the bl- right.
4: blonde hair and blue eyes were like cores to it, right? Because y- you know th- there's a lot of things that on the surface um, don't make sense about scientific racism as opposed to the American variant, <laughs> right? You know, just basic like where skin color is the be-all end-all, yeah, exactly. to it. Until you kind of grasp this stuff, I right. guess, like, for example, Hitler was very, very into um, uh, Indian culture right. in, uh, in, in the Far East. And also, he was a very big fan of, fan of like the Persians and Turks and right. things. But he also hated uh, Semitic people and uh, Slavic people, which right. those groups are both whiter. Than the other ones, right, right. But I mean, this is something that's all very tied into you know this this deep scientific uh, or scientific racist theory of like the Aryan race, right? And you know these other groups all having the swastika, they believed that the swastika was a remnant symbol, right, of. Uh, yeah.
2: Well, because I was gonna say, I know that six symbol has been used for centuries. You know, you see it. In, you see it in a lot of different places. You know. Yeah. So just to kind of add to that. You
4: know? Well, the the yeah, the swastika symbolizes all kinds of things. Like, it it's it's hard to articulate the the meaning to it. But essentially, one way I read, uh, I believe it was was Carl Jung who talked about it. You know, Jung was a, a student of Freud, who later. Ended up um, going in a more uh, mystic direction with his mm-hmm. uh, with his ideas about psychotherapy, and he talked about the the swastika as being a symbol, or the way he wrote about it anyway was that it was a a dream symbol, mm-hmm. but a symbol of waking life of somebody viewing it within a dream. Okay. That's a, that's a very like poetic way of <laughs> saying it, right. but it's basically his way of saying it is symbolic of everything a culture or people aspire towards yeah, I got that, you. you know, you look at the four elements of, uh, uh, nature, like earth, air, fire, water, right. Uh, winter, summer, uh, spring and fall, right. The four seasons, North, South, East, West, right. and all of like, you know, groups of fours, but the way they would bleed into one another. If you, if you're visualizing the symbol, that's, Supposedly, what it means. I got you. I got you.
2: So let me ask you to this: What sort of evidence, or you know, other than some of these tribes that have been found with the blonde hair and blue eyes, what other kind of evidence do we have that suggests that uh, we we? I think it's pop pretty popularly known that some Nazis did escape, but what about Hitler himself, though? What, what What kind of what kind of evidence or, or theories?
3: Oh, well, it definitely wasn't uncommon for. For a leader to have a body double. Oh, absolutely. Or oh, several. Stalin
1: had them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Saddam.
2: Yeah. St. Yeah, had them exactly. You know, in more modern times, you know. Right. Well, they, and yeah,
1: and say what you want about Hitler. You know, I mean, he he was no military strategist, but he wasn't a dumb person. No, no, so no not at all. I, I you can't
2: like do what you what he did it, it, and, and be dumb. I, I mean, right.
1: he he was very calculating in right, in right. what he did, and there's no way that. Anybody could convince me that he didn't have a plan B, plan C, plan sure. D, and so mm-hmm. you know I, I I think it's completely possible that he was like, okay, so if shit doesn't go my way, right. what's my plan? Um, there's there's a really great and of course you know I mean it's very condensed and very um, TV, right. um, but there there was a show on on the History Channel called Hunting Hitler. I,
2: I, I never watched it, but I'm familiar I, with the show.
1: That was a great show. Right. That that was actually the first. Um, introduction to me of of this theory, right. you know, besides, you know, oh, Hitler escapes, and I'm like, okay, sure, thanks whatever. National Enquirer, <laughs> yeah. you know. Right. <laughs> Weekly World News. Exactly. Right, right. exactly. Do you
4: know the theory about this uh, priest or, like, Vatican representative named Father Crespi? No. no. Can, you, can you, you yeah, want to go into nope, it? you go ahead. Okay. Neither of you guys know Back about here, it. I, I haven't heard about no. this one. <clears throat> so there was a priest, or I guess you could say a a Vatican representative. I don't know if he ever preached any kind of congregation in a way like we would rationalize it, but this was a guy who lived in the bases of the the Amazon, right in the area between Brazil and Argentina. And basically his role was to guard an art collection of some sort. And this was way... Way back away, like away from the public, like, you know, in wooded areas, right. I guess. Um, and there were a lot of rumors about this guy for years and years. And the story that I keep seeing is that around 1992, 93, this guy died. And the only name he was known by is Father Crespi. He was basically like a pretty mysterious figure. And when he died, you had millionaires and billionaires, all of them German, coming from all over the world to throw him this extravagant funeral, like almost a thing fit for a king. A king. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. They have this grand grave or like mausoleum set up to him with an eternal flame that to this day is still swept weekly. So,
2: so this was for a lowly vatican
4: associate a hum, yeah a humble priest. humble priest mm-hmm. and, and his yeah. his <laughs> gravestone contains the words or, or the epitaph it says there are no words that can sum this man's greatness up in death because there are no words that can sum up his greatness in life for a
2: lowly catholic priest in the jungle
4: and there have been people who have seen this art collection that he guarded there was one woman who worked for american intelligence whose father was a ambassador to they were originally german i believe but they but she came her family came to america when she was a child right. and she had spent time around the inner structure of the, of the third reich i guess and She, like I said, ended up getting a job for American Intelligence, and she was interviewed, and she said, you know, I would swear on my eyes on anything, that was Adolf Hitler's art collection. Oh, shit. Yeah, and so... Wow. Yeah. Which, Uh, uh, I I mean... yeah, We're all kind of (laughs) just
2: over here... Yeah. for a lack yeah. of better term, I'm speechless. Which, I mean,
1: what better place? I mean, who's going to suspect a priest? I mean, You're there, right. there, there, there were priests in, in in the Vatican who helped some of these high ranking Nazis escape. Escaped. They got them yeah. passports, they got them safe passage, and and we're talking two, three, four years after the war. Right. right.
4: And one of the things they do know about Crespi is that almost no one ever saw him. Right. That I mean, he was very, very squirreled away, very right. hidden, <laughs> and all this. But maybe it was Hitler. Uh, exactly. That,
2: that, that's what I was about that's to the ask. Common,
4: that seems to be the common consensus because the epit- what I was just about to say—is the epitaph on his grave was almost identically worded to what the uh, the leader of Sp- when Hitler first died. Uh, the leader of Spain, the fascist president, had erected a grave to Hitler that contained the, that exact epitaph, but almost reversed. Like I think the original wording was um there are no words there were no words that can sum up this man's greatness in life thus there can be no words to sum him up in death right basically the right. same thing just
2: right. reverse just yeah. a little reversal a little play on work <laughs> and, and wow. i know Reverend, me and you both and i think agent say I I, i'm gonna speak for you for this as well i think we all and maybe even you care that we believe that people use symbolism that they use things like this as yeah. markers you know i think we all do that you know even on our other podcasts we would do that you yeah. know just put little hidden things in our artwork and things like that. It's for like the that. people right. in the know exactly the people in the know exactly. will exactly.
1: go mm-hmm, gotcha right. and 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 there's that connection
2: now let me ask you again did you say that this priest died in 92 93 92 something like yeah. that correct
3: wow which would that would be amazing i mean
1: well that that because yes. hitler was born in 1889 so which i mean not that people can't live past 100 we know they can but, but yeah. yeah, exactly especially you know, especially if he's cloistered but even still i mean it, 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 there's there's quite likely that that they were connected if they weren't right. the same they, they were connected. they, 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 they had, they had they a were.
2: connection now, you
4: know there's also a picture though of that was supposedly. Uh, Hitler from the nineteen, like late nineteen fifties, early nineteen sixties, and he's an old man yeah. in Brazil, and he's got a black girlfriend. Yes, <laughs> have you I've seen, seen that. that. One? Yes, uh, yeah, yeah
2: and, and they did. They put pictures. What, what I saw online. And granted, it's online, you know, but it, I was like, holy shit, that there's a lot to that.
4: But you know, we do have there. There was uh, a couple million pages of. Uh, Information that was just declassified a couple weeks ago. And that was one of the big... There were several big findings. I mean, like, people are still combing through it online. But, I mean, there were a number of things that came up that a lot of people already sort of suspected, like, you know, that uh, Israel has fired on American ships before in the past. Uh, A a big one that, you know, it will... I'm only going to hit on it, like, that we'll talk about at some point, but that China apparently had successful experiments with ESP. And oh, telekinesis that, shit, really, that, that really. we that we witnessed okay. yeah wow. okay. but
1: i didn't know they'd just done another release because yeah because I, I knew about the one from a few years back where a lot of the the hitler documents you know were declassified this was
4: this was just back in late february i believe or early march i didn't know and it, but, yeah. one of the big things that it that it classified and came out was that hitler definitively got away to south america that we had that we had intel circa what? like 1953 54 that said, he's living at the base of the Andes. We have like dozens of verified witnesses. Like we have people who work for us who have witnesses. Like you know, and you know we're not we, we can't vouch for whether uh, Ava Braun is with him. It doesn't look likely, but that he definitely made it.
2: And that was in these documents. Yeah. So so let me ask you guys. So is it now pretty much known that he? I guess what I'm trying to say is that now the official
4: i mean it, it, it seems like it but yeah. i mean it hasn't wow. it's, it's
1: not going to change the history books you can guarantee that right yeah right, but right. so 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 this is interesting um one of the articles that i came across was a smithsonian uh magazine article and they were talking about you know um hitler is definitely dead he definitely died in the bunker we found a chunk of his dentures and and we took it and and the person who worked the the secretary for his dentist he she said yep those are definitely Hitler." so Boom.
2: Done and done. We're story done. ended. Yeah.
1: That's those are his teeth. Therefore, he died. The
2: secretary of the dentist says that that was Hitler. So we all have to go with what the secretary of the dentist uh-huh. says. Well,
1: we because I mean. I, yes,
4: <laughs> you know, we we as America like have our own right. like variation of the story of what World War Two was. Right, like we like to teach school kids that it was. The U.S. versus Germany, right, and that everybody right. was supporting players. Like no, that's, we we were really kind of more like the Scotty Pippen to Russia's Michael Jordan, <laughs> right?
2: Yes, we're, yeah, we're, the Russians were. were the big at the, the end of the offensive. at the end of the we day, were,
3: whichever we were side in like the game we too. were,
1: we, we were. did. Because they, yeah. I mean, it started in thirty yeah, nine. Yeah, right. We didn't come into it until forty one, and the only You're reason right. we came into it is because Japan, Japan bought us. Yeah.
4: At the end of the yeah. day, whoever side so they say, Japan, whoever side Russia was on was probably going going to win win. yes
2: exactly because they're the ones you know that winner you know that the famous you know what was stalingrad yes yes exactly exactly Now, that's brand new to me. What you guys just talked about, these documents being released, it's brand spree- freaking new to me. No,
1: I, I, I tell you, I started going through the, the last release of, of the Hitler documents. And, you know, I mean, some of it, of course, you know, you you have your people. There, there was somebody who wrote in who was, I, I think, either in California or New York. It was one of those big kind of cities. Right. And they were like, well, I was at a hotel and there was a gentleman sitting near me. And I'm pretty sure it was Hitler. Right, right. Yeah. And they're like, I need you to investigate. Right. Um. Oh. Okay. That's a little strange because I'm pretty sure. A. He's not going to come to America. <laughs> no, no. And he's certainly not going to look like <laughs> yeah.
2: Hitler. Yeah. yeah. He's going to shave. He's I mean, going yeah. you know, right.
1: yeah. to <laughs> take off the little smush on his face. Maybe yeah. change
2: his hair up a little bit. He's, Something. There's going to be a slick change. his hair back. <laughs> Something. Yep. Something. Yeah. yep. All right.
1: Maybe do a mohawk? I don't know.
2: Something, you know, wouldn't that be wild to see Hitler with a mohawk? I'm just saying, you know, that Photoshop. Would, maybe one of these other realities we were just talking about it on the break. You know, maybe he does. In, in one of our other realities, realities, he got
3: into the sex pistols. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: right. Wow, guys. Okay, let's get. Well, back I think, on.
3: I, I think you know, it, it had gotten to a level of, of that Elvis sighting. Absolutely, yes. Bigfoot. Yeah. It, it made a lot of people just. Grown, right, right. It's like, oh, come on. But it makes yeah. you
2: wonder if it could be a misinformation type campaign. You know, I know, Reverend, we talked about that sometimes. You know, people, you know, governments or powers that be will purposely feed you. Well, this I don't think. See,
4: yeah. I don't think that. Like, I mean, even though these documents have been declassified, I don't think they're going to stop teaching
1: kids well, yeah, that we killed
4: Hitler. Exactly. Right? Because right, right. World War II has become such a cornerstone of this mythology we've created like this is our you know in air quotes our good war or that's our, that's our romance. It, it was yeah it was our yeah. well we've sort of remade it as being a war for tolerance which it wasn't right. to begin right. with, you know the holocaust wasn't something we even learned about until the very very end After, of it right but we've created this mythology that world war ii was you know this is you know we've all got to find the common good right and we've all got to go in and you know fight for goodness sake it defeats it. It the evil. and that really wasn't what it was but that is we use that again you know to keep overusing this term this popular mythology We've created to justify every future war. war. Right.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. In other words, every uh, war that America's entered into after World War II has been righteous.
4: Yeah, right? we every have every to pay. single one of them. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, and you can even take it back farther than that because, you know, I mean, if, if you look at the Civil War right. and, you know, you, you look at. So in the years, like, I mean, almost immediately after the war ended, the South, and I mean, I live here, I love this place, you know, but they, they, they came up with this lost cause mythology right. that, you know, they were. They, the, you know, they were just fighting for their beliefs, right, and, right, you know, right, and, right, and right. so I, I think that happens with mm-hmm. everything. You sure. know, you you have to you have to have that mythology because otherwise, I mean, what what did you fight for? Yeah, right. You know, right. You, so you need. Are that. you the bad guy? Exactly. Right. right, right. Exactly. So I, I, you know, to me, I think that's, and and I don't know if that's a strictly American thing. I, I you know, I don't well, read a lot from well.
4: Well, we've made we've given it a uniquely or distinctly American twist in the yeah. sense that not just every war we fought since world war II, hell every politician we've Bad. hit out since then yes, what do we say about them All we right. say this They're person hitler. is literally They're hitler, hitler. Yeah. 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 yeah yeah or every president Which man
1: every I can't leader stand i, I cannot I take that because it 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 diminishes <laughs> yes. what
4: Hitler, who he Hitler does, was, yes, and what he did. You know, like, I did? asked somebody Hitler, that yeah. once, I was in a college class, and I heard somebody say Trump is literally, literally Hitler, literally and Hitler. so I tried to flip it on them just to see what they would think. <laughs> I'd say, so are you saying Hitler is literally as bad as Trump? And <laughs> <laughs> right right well, 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 <laughs> well. it stumps them man expl- yeah it yeah, does it, it stumps, stumps them i said <laughs> because if your statement's true that should hold up it should be the same
3: and it's like well wait a minute now, now you just flipped the script on well oh, hitler yeah. made it over here at least once and he had he had actually had a huge following
2: Oh, here in America? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, there oh, was a, a bunch, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, there was a huge uh, Nazi support for, oh, for here. Oh, very much here. so. Yeah, yeah. Especially in oh, the yeah.
1: years you know, before Lead we up. got involved. Right, right. You know, there were lots oh, no, that, of...
2: There were Nazi rallies and stuff
1: mm-hmm. happening
4: here. Well, yes, I mean, yeah. if you look at the, the big ones, Henry Ford, Walt Disney, Prescott Bush. Bush. Yeah,
2: there you go. I mean... And, you know, we haven't even touched on Operation Paperclip. No. No. <laughs> That one, I mean, once again, you start talking about all these old, you know, Nazi officers being brought in to basically... Scientists.
1: Scientists. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah von yeah. Oh, Hey, yeah. You, mm-hmm. good, you were a good Nazi.
2: <laughs> so come on so over and start NASA.
1: We're just going to pretend that <laughs> that didn't happen because really? we need I mean, your science.
2: Right, right. right. I mean, it's like I said, they all basically did start NASA. I mean, right. that was, you know, the bulk of... of
1: well, because I mean, it's scary to think, but Germany was much more technically advanced, Absolutely. technologically Absolutely. advanced th- than we were at that point.
4: I, well, well, and that's also partially why military uh, strategists will tell you why we lost, why Germany lost the war, is because Germany's reputation had always been they were a nation of craftsmen or clockmakers; they were yeah. the best at. They were Precision. the best. At, they were the best at engineering. Right. They were a nation of very like anal-retentive people who right. were obsessed with detail. Precision, right? Yeah. So they would build a tank, for example, that would be perfect. Right. Like they would build a perfect U boat, a perfect, uh, you know, uh, fighter jet, right. everything. Yeah. Well, America is not. A nation of craftsmen we are what you would call a fast food culture we're
2: more qu- quantity over quality yes push it out, so, it out yeah so in the yep.
4: time germany could produce you know one tank that was like a nine or a ten right we could produce three tanks that were like six or sixes or seven right
2: exactly and just outnumber them right? yeah. you know right now imagine if they had that kind of precision with our kind of numbers we would be speaking german right now
4: well that was a you lot know. of the thought line that went into Right,
2: to bring that kind of precision, that kind of... Because even today, Germans are still known to be pretty much excellent at whatever they do. That's what I'm saying, Mercedes, even Volkswagen. I mean, guys, you still see Volkswagens from the 70s on the road. I was going to say, the only other one that's really comparable
4: is the Japanese. Japanese, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There you go. Well, and, you know, it's interesting that, like, there's there's really an overlap there because, you know, in uh, Mein Kampf, Hitler's thoughts about the Japanese... Not, I always thought were were fascinating. I, I'm not familiar. Well, when th- there's a section in Mein Kampf where he wrote about the Japanese and his opinion on them was, you know, he was he was really fond of Japanese culture. Like he believed that they were the master race of Asia. Oh, that okay. through that they they weren't like the Aryan race but they had they were a lower one that had guarded their breeding for so long and so many thousands of years that they had ascended to be like a parallel master race. Really. But I only no the idea. Japanese, not other not other Asians, Asians just right, them. Just right. So he believed that um the way he he phrased it though was he said that the Japanese are not people who invent but they are the people who perfect. I see. So I gotcha. he believed that it makes that, that because you know the way Japanese culture formed on being like an honor culture where you didn't really strike out and you know buck tradition. Right. The way European culture honors people who uh, you know um, try to try to strike out and do their sure. own thing. That Japanese culture was originally based around you know if you. Um, Came up in life, you were going to do what your father did and just perfect ah, that, I and see. what your grandfather didn't perfect that, and so on. And, and your so children on. will
2: perfect Down what line, you were doing. Yes, right.
4: that they were uh, that they were a culture of perfectionists. Right. So, what Hitler said is that you know Japanese culture will not produce a telephone, but when a telephone exists they uh, will be the ones that will give you like an iphone 10 for right. a current example exactly
2: i see where you're going with that that makes sense too i mean even in our modern history you just use a great example right there mm-hmm. from the telephone you know that was i guess created by edison if i'm not mistaken belt Bell.
4: yeah, uh, I, should, Bell. I, yeah Bell. I think yeah. That there's something interesting but, to that and like and one of the things is that you know when he's talking about that it's it inadvertently comes off as, I think he meant it as like an observation on race, but it less comes off as that, as an observation on the culture. The culture.
2: Exactly. Because not only are perfectionists, but they're also traditionalists. Yeah. Y- you know, it's a combination of both. Of, and it just has
4: to know? do with the way honor cultures typically evolve, I think. Right. Yeah. See,
2: that's fascinating. I never I never knew that. Yeah. I, I didn't know Hitler's. Because, you know, I'm not, obviously, I'm not a history um, person at all. It was probably my least favorite subject in school. Yeah. I'm more of a math person, personally. But that was one thing I was or never history
1: in school. I mean, well,
2: that's true too. I right? hated yeah.
1: history in school, and we came up in the
2: Lincoln County <laughs>
3: schools. <laughs> I
2: mean, it was.
1: I don't want to blame the school. Everything was wrong.
3: Know.
2: Well, and you know, plus I just I sucked in school anyway, so I can't. I don't really want to put it on the county because that was right. But the county probably didn't help either. Listen,
4: but yeah, that. that was that was basically the core of what I was saying is that Hitler believed that the Japanese weren't Aryans, but that they were a parallel master right. race, and that he believed. That, it, that when Aryans and Japanese specifically, like, work together, that it's beneficial for the entire world. Everybody, And so he I had, see. and because of that, he had a huge fetish for the Japanese people. And,
2: and the Japanese were pretty brutal as well at yeah. this time. Like, like, they were known for their brutality. I mean, that's why to this day, like, a lot of Chinese people do not like japanese people just given if i'm not mistaken guys if i do say anything wrong you know please correct me but the way i understand it that's why there's so much tension yeah. between chinese and japanese the way the japanese treated the chinese before you know the World war right, and, right right and before yeah. their their you know eventual defeat but wow man that's a, that's insane uh well let me ask you guys this do you guys buy into the occult Oh, which we've already been talking about here, but how deep do you think that it really went with Hitler? Because, uh, you know, according to a lot of experts on this stuff, they said he was Phanatical. entrenched and fanatical well, about absolutely. the occult. I, I
1: I don't discount it at all. Right. You know, especially in the upper echelons, you know, I, I they, they had those rituals and, you right. know, those kind of tendencies, I guess. Right. And I, I would... I would absolutely believe it.
2: And, and correct, once again, correct me if I'm wrong, but Hitler kept a lot of those kind of people around him in his circles, too, correct? Like a lot of, you know, astrologers and and just, you know, overall new age type, you know, spiritual, you know. See, that's something else that always kind of just really intrigued me, you know, watching. I used to love watching those old shows, Hitler and the Occult, stuff like that. I used to love watching that. But once again, it was something, you know, I was always like, well, is this real? Is this not just being, you know, sensationalized for entertainment? Well, there's a lot to
4: suggest that Hitler was a a traditionalist at his core, that he wasn't somebody who was really into all this shit that would have been considered out there. there. There was a quote where he actually said where he's asked about his religion, you know, it's it's always been sort of assumed by a lot of researchers that sort of like Thomas Jefferson, that Hitler was probably an atheist, right. but that he held on to uh, the external surface of Christianity for right. popular appeal to the right. people. Right, right. But there, there's a quote where Hitler says that, um, if, if I'm not mistaken, it goes, uh, I was born and baptized a Catholic and by... The grace of God, I'll remain one.
2: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, but I'm, I'm but see,
4: clear. but by all witness accounts, that w- it wasn't something he took very seriously at all.
2: Right. It was just in, I guess, just as part of his. It's paying persona. lip service to
4: the public, exactly. Yeah.
2: Which I think we have a lot of that in today's modern politics as well. I think we see that a lot today. So right. I mean, mm-hmm. you could definitely know that that was going on in that you know in that time as well.
4: You but know? there's a fascinating uh, quote by you know we we had used him as an example earlier of uh, of Carl Jung who wrote, like I said, he was a student of Freud, but he wrote a lot about both the occult and the Third Reich. And a a quote I've always thought was so damn interesting ever since I read this was he argued that what was actually going on in Germany had to be understood in mystical terms, that it was a reawakening of the pagan gods. Have you ever heard that? I have heard that, yes, yes. His quote, I got it pulled up, it actually goes, We are always convinced that the modern world is a reasonable world basing our opinion on economic political and psychological factors but if we may forget for a moment that we are living in the year of our lord 1936 and laying aside our well-meaning all-too-human reasonableness may burden god or the gods with the irresponsibility of contemporary events instead of man we would find wotan quite suitable as a casual hypothesis in fact i venture the heretical suggestion that the unfathomable depths of Wotan's character explain more about national socialism than all of the reasonable <laughs> factors put together.
2: Oh shit. So, basically, you're taking it back to that, I guess, paganistic type of yeah, beliefs. The,
4: yeah, it was, it was basically like an idea that what the Third Reich was, was it was a giant occult ritual right. to reawaken Odin. And, and, yeah. and, and
2: rule, basically rule the world. So, in other words, it wasn't necessarily about economics. It wasn't necessarily about the cultural at the time.
4: Well, it is that on the surface, the surface, but, but right, right, At, at right. a deeper right. current level, that's, yeah.
2: Flex of this stuff is just mind blowing to me. It's definitely mind blowing. Well, guys, we are starting to kind of get toward the end of our show. Let's, um, what got, Yeah, this has been wow. Yeah, and it's gone by pretty quick. We still have time. You know, we still have some time. But um, is there anything you guys would like to, you know, before we do end today? Is there anything that we do want to talk about? Anything we definitely want to get out there?
4: Let's talk about the evolution of World War II to now. Okay. Do you think we're we're that the world we inhabit is basically just a giant aftermath of World War II?
2: I think so. I I've, I've I always thought do. that. I've always thought that. I mean, there's definitely a pre World War II kind of feel, you know, that you think about, and then there's definitely post. You know, to me, post World War II is when we had the superpowers. It was when Russia and America became prominent in the world. Because really, America wasn't as prominent in the world before world war ii we were more just kind of to ourselves
4: well and if you look at 1945 as being like the true transition year between nationalist bodies being global superpowers versus international bodies being global superpowers like in the old order say pre-1945 the world powers would have been you know germany russia france France. britain japan so on post-45 they're secondary players to nato to the u.n yes to the the eu the soviet bloc the council on foreign relations yes like and you just mentioned the u.n as well yeah yeah yeah. to where national bodies are like i said they're secondary backup players
2: and i always thought it was pretty fascinating now i'm definitely starting to get way more into conspiracy you know the, the, the more fringes here. I always thought it was kind of fascinating. You saw more UFO sightings. You start hearing more about things like that. These supernatural type, you know, things after World War II. I always what do you think about that reverend
4: now we're going to go into the secret space program <laughs> wow. and paper clip L- let's wow. save it let's save that then That's, you know we already uh, yeah, did yeah. we already did a show where we hit on it a little bit where we talked about jpl jet propulsion laboratories yeah, yeah, and yeah, jack parsons yeah yeah, yeah.
2: so so we'll, we'll go into that a little bit more in detail at some some point down the line but that, that was something i've always found fascinating but to answer your your question reverend yes i do I, i'd absolutely agency what do you think as far as a pre and post-war ii world
4: well, and definitely, as far I mean, as Israel being a main oh, player. Oh, hell, we yeah. didn't even bring that up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Which was something we were talking about on the break, or during our break, you know, yeah. about how Israel and how important, you know, that is. As, yeah, we, we, we'll hold off on that as well, because, yeah, that's that's an entire, once again, that's an entire series.
3: Well, I think, you know, well, you know, going back to the original thing, did Hitler get out? Did he? Did he live to whatever age to, he a, was to a ripe old age yeah.
2: you know did he get to die of natural causes
3: because uh, at that point in in 45 from all accounts he was in the worst health possible
4: he was supposedly addicted to meth, meth. yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
2: And, and there's a lot of footage you know of him and, and knowing that or with that idea in your head mm-hmm. it's like okay that makes perfect sense yeah. you know because you would see it back in the day, not think anything about it, but he was like, okay, he was taking in, you know, injections of methamphetamine every day, and you see how he would act in his speeches. He would always be fidgeting, always moving, always sad to be doing something. Well, see,
4: one of the things that I've read about that specific topic is supposedly around the time he became dependent on meth, that he started being squirreled away from the public
2: a little bit. Right, right. They didn't want him out in the public eye as much because, well, hell, he's tweaking the fuck out every, yeah. you know, all the time. Um, you know, I've always questioned the death of Hitler, even as a child. I'd be like, so this man who murdered all these people, who had an entire nation almost, you know, half the world behind him, would just kill himself?
3: You would just give just that up take, that
2: quickly. Take the easy way out, just like that? I, always, I don't see it. I don't right. either. I don't either. I think we're all four can agree that that has always sounded somewhat suspicious.
3: But we I, don't I know. I know you're at that point. You know, you're at that point in the war... You know you're what's lose, happening. You're, you've, lost. You, you've lost. You've the lost grasp, the grasp. Yeah, but do you let go of it that easily? I mean, if and, and, and don't go and, and get away to fight another day. And
2: you can't tell me you don't have a way out.
1: Well, that's just it. You know, I mean, it, again, you know, civil war is you know one of my uh, yeah. one of my topics. Right. You know, I mean, if, if you look at Jefferson Davis, okay, he knew that the war was. I mean, it, it was, was it was over. You're right, it, it was over. What did he do? He escaped. escaped. He he didn't go. Well, gosh, I mean, let me just go I'm ahead and blow my brains kill out myself. here. Yeah. It, that that's not human nature. Exactly,
2: it's not exactly. human nature. I agree. Not not for someone in their position. So yes.
1: long, cruel yeah. world.
2: Yeah. 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 No. Mm-mm. Not not for someone in that position of power. To it, me, it, it, it just
4: yeah. never fit his personality yeah. or my perception that's, of it. That's it. That's yep. what I was. Tr-
2: uh, that's what I was trying to put over. It. Just he wasn't a, a depressed. You, you know what I'm saying? It just seems like he would have a plan b as you yeah. were saying earlier you know definitely yeah
1: it, it just now
2: one thing i did want to say before we ended this is a very con- like a lot of stuff we talk about on this show really? it gets controversial you know it does and there's a lot of and there's a lot of sensitivity because there's a lot of people out there who do not like this theory you know especially a lot of uh jewish people you know they're like no this man murdered, you know what five million I believe it was close to three to it, five million. It was.
1: Um, it's six, uh, roughly six million. Six, six Jews, million. Yeah. Okay. And then, like I think it's eleven million altogether oh, well, when, when uh, you in include the, war, uh, the, the the Roma, the homosexuals, the, oh, okay. the, the quote uh, okay. unquote undesirables. undesirables.
4: The thing that I've always seen with with regard to with regard to that number is that there's there's question as to whether you know um, it could have been as low as three or four million or as high as seven or eight million right. because towards the end of the war, one of the things that we sort of have to wrap our heads around is how many records were destroyed. Right. And right. the other, the the big thing though, even bigger than that, I think, is that you had so many people who escaped to the Soviet Union. Right. And when a person escaped to the Soviet Union in those days and went behind the Iron Curtain, they were for all intents and purposes dead. They were gone. Right, right. They were disappeared from the world and right. information about them didn't open up until almost 50 years later.
2: After the cold war
4: yeah right, so right. but that seems to be the common consensus is that we just don't know like at the low right. end it could at the low end i've seen a, a figure listed as about like 3.5 to right. 4 million right. and at the high end i've seen it be about um about 8 million right i guess but yeah like i said they they just really don't know right but but one thing is for sure though which is which is fascinating is that people have always sort of um put it streamline it at 6 million beca- both it's kind for, of an average well for two reason. for two reasons the first is because that's the average right. really in between the second is because uh, 6 million is a prophetic number did you know that no no yeah there's
2: let's talk about that for a minute yeah, okay right.
4: well there's there's a reading or an interpretation of uh, of talmudic uh, prophecy that says something to the effect of uh, you will return but with 6 million less and they've always said that uh groups like that when they were first you know trying to get people to immigrate to israel that groups like the rothschilds who are behind it they use that as a selling point oh, wow. shit. yeah i've never hmm. heard that no that's
2: mind blowing. that's mind blowing. yeah well wow. guys i tell you what before we wrap up just to finish the, the point I, I was i was making with that you know we don't want to put out there that we're discounting what Hitler did, you know, or discrediting it or oh, God, trying no. to downplay it, is what I'm trying yeah. to say. We're not saying that because I understand why people could get very offended by that. It's yeah. like, hey, you know, especially the descendants of these people that were murdered, you know. So I can see why that is a sensitive issue. And you know, like, no, Hitler died. It's closure, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And now you're trying to take closure away from people, but at the same time, like we say on here about every time we do the show, I think it's good to think of these things in, in alternate ways, you know, yeah. and to look at it from different viewpoints. And to me, the the overall, I guess, the overall story of this hugely popular, or not po- popular, well, popular in his country and powerful, would just commit suicide at the first, at that sign of defeat without getting away. To me, just doesn't doesn't fit the personality. It just doesn't. All right. Yeah. Agency, anything you wanna wrap us up with, brother?
3: I think we're good. Uh definitely go there is <laughs> definitely room for more.
2: I've got a feeling we're gonna have a hidden history part two at some point. Kara Hayes, I'd love I for guess. you to come back for that. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for joining us this today. Was great. Yeah, thank you, thank yeah. you, yeah, thank you so really much for coming. Yeah. I mean,
2: this was this was fun. I
1: could do this all day. Yeah,
2: and I, I think, you know, I, I could speak for everybody to say that we would love for you to come back, especially especially if we do a sequel to this show because yeah uh it, and, and obviously reverend as always brother as always man it's been a pleasure pleasure as to be here all as uh, always Wage it, see brother i think we're gonna go ahead and shut it down I'll shut her down once again Kara. thank you and, thank you guys and as always reverend thank you for being here brother it was a great show indeed and, uh, until next time y'all stay woke
4: This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. The broadcasters of your area, in voluntary cooperation with the FCC and other authorities, have developed this system to keep you informed in the event of an emergency. If this had been an actual emergency, you would have been instructed where to tune in your area for news and official information. This concludes this test of the emergency broadcast
0: system.